0: what in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come they will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread forgive us all our our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Do not bring us to the test, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. Forever and ever and ever Amen, our Father Our Father, what in heaven Hallowed be thy name Thy kingdom come, thy will be on earth there's tears in heaven Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us all our sins As we forgive those who sin against us. Just, but deliver us from evil but thine is the kingdom and power in the glory forever and ever forever and ever forever and ever and ever, and ever. amen our father Father, a father in heaven, a father in heaven.
1: A very, very good morning to one and all, everyone tuning in. Uh, thanks for joining us today at the uh, Catholics at Home. Uh, I'm Patrick Archibald and we have Father Clarence with us. Good morning, Father. Oh. Ah, now I can yeah. hear you.
0: Okay.
2: Hi, Pat. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to, to Catholics at Home. After oh, well, one year, very... after one year, still can't yeah. get it right. Still mic muted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> to all these meetings,
1: do, yeah. You know, we we don't want to we don't want to get too used to this la. You know we are all you know, all raring and hoping you know to get herd immunity yeah. quickly and get back to church. You know, we we all right. you know, still excited about that. You know, so father, today we have a very special, very very, very special show. Special guest. And right. also, um, today we are going out to uh, a lot bigger than just the KL Archdiocese. Today we have, uh, last week we had also uh, broadcasting over to all our Catholic friends in Penang. They were saying hi uh, last week and this week we also have our Catholic friends from Penang. But today we also are including our Catholic friends from Malacca and Johor, Archdiocese. Uh, and also from the Diocese of Miri. That's right. But, yes. So it's very, very exciting today. Just we are, a, w- a, we warm are... Welcome.
2: a warm welcome to all of them. Uh, for wherever you are tuning in, uh, wherever you are listening to us this morning. Uh, hope you are safe and, and welcome to Catholics at Home uh, podcast.
1: Yes. We are very, very excited to have, you know, we're not crossing the sea, you know, literally.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah so 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 you realize
2: that despite despite the despite the movement control no border crossing now online or virtual presence has given us a kind of a borderless travel uh nature and throughout throughout the world in fact you know you can visit different parts of the world without leaving your home now
1: yes fantastic you know so it is always a silver lining you know to every cloud right father yeah true today we also have i i see today even before we got live uh, our comment section was lit you know we have got people i can see a steven chin from kuching Sarawak. uh we have got uh christians from sabah joseph Joseph mentioned there uh hello kalai selvi good morning Kalaima. uh rita 10 from kuching uh dorothy good morning dorothy so we've got wow even before we started, I noticed a lot of chat this morning, Father. And I think they are from the children from last week. <laughs> the, the children from the Stella Maris School, you know. That's right. They're, yeah, they have, they're have. They lighting up the chat. Like, you know? Fantastic. So, good morning to everybody. And uh, so, Father, today, you you we've got a very special guest. But before that, you actually did a survey, right?
2: Yeah, Pat. No, so this is the. I think this is the question that many people are, are asking during this time. You know, uh, whenever we are faced with challenges, we are faced with obstacles, difficulties. I mean, I, I don't think uh, most of us have uh, kind of experienced a kind of challenge so great, you know, in such a magnitude in, in our lives. At least myself, uh, maybe even you, Patrick. Uh, yeah. We didn't go through. I think our generation we didn't go through World War to to be able to see those those kind of things. Perhaps this is something that you know, and people are asking the question, you know, why is God so quiet? You know, where, where is God? Uh, does God not care? If you look at you know, on 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 the internet, so many questions people are asking, and 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 it's not just people who who don't have faith or who don't believe in God or you know, but the question is, even people who are who are rooted in their faith are, are beginning to ask this question, you know, where is God in all of this? You know, when is God going to deliver us? Uh, and and sometimes it can be quite frustrating, you know. You, you just can't say like you know. Oh, the Israelites were in the in the in the desert for forty years. It doesn't mean that we had to go through this for forty years. Uh, yeah. But perhaps this morning, this is what the conversation is all about. You know, how do we find God uh, in a time of crisis? Uh, and, and and kind of like you know, just to prepare ourselves, to kind of to get a pulse of of what's happening. We, we did a little survey. You know, just our, our five questions. Some of you may have participated in the survey. Uh, to all of you who have participated in the survey, thank you so much uh, for, for taking part in this uh, very brief questionnaire. Uh, not so much to, to to challenge or to question where we are, but just to get a kind of a feel of where people are. You know, what, now we are 18 months uh, into the pandemic or even more yes. than that,
1: okay. wow. You know,
2: uh, somebody just sent me something. I think in terms of lockdowns, we've got, gone through so many lockdowns. Uh, so how do
1: we, over days four hundred. Yeah. Day.
2: So oh the question God. is we were thought, how how are people feeling at this time? So perhaps ah uh, you know, uh, the first question that we asked, maybe we just have, to have a look at it. very, very briefly at at this survey. Ah, uh, the first question that we asked, you know, what do you feel most often during this pandemic and and it's quite interesting you know i think a, a lot of our readers uh, before that you know we had 1000 respondents I, we had to close the the survey after that you know so thank you so much wow. for, within thank within you.
1: thank you guys
2: within 24 hours we had twenty one thousand 1000 people responding uh, it's amazing uh, just to to let people know that uh, you know
0: yeah.
2: this one way we can engage and and make our voices heard also so we ask people yeah. how do you feel most often we have a, a barrage of feelings. You have so many different feelings. Ask, what is the most dominant feeling? But interestingly, a lot of people still feel calm. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah you know? almost hard. Yeah. You know, five hundred pe- people out of the thousand people. You know, they still feel calm. And I think that I think and I think there's a reason why 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 they feel calm is because they know that God is in control of this. So there's there's no such thing as as, as kind of a despair. But I think what you see in orange is also that there's frustration. Frustration because of you know the way things have been managed and how we have gone up and down, so I think it's quite natural that, that there's, there's frustration also. Uh, so I think that's that's and, but there is also the reality of fear. You know, people are fearful. You know, we, we realize that. Um, the, and the next one is, the next the next question we asked, uh, if you, is you know, have you started praying more? You know, and, and it's amazing that see to yeah. see people praying more. You know. You know, yes, overwhelming, yes. overwhelmingly, people are, are praying more. Maybe because they have more time in their hands, you know. Ooh. But perhaps the need for God is, is has become more apparent during this lockdown uh, than yes, any other yes. time before, you know. Suddenly, we realize the importance of, of prayer, of spending time with God. Uh, the, the next question we asked, the third question that we asked was, is, you know, what do you think God is saying to you, you know? And I think, you know, overwhelmingly, we, we begin to see that, yes, you know, God is in control of this. People realize yeah. that, you know, you know, God is still with us. God has not left us or, you know, uh, God is inviting us uh, to, t- to take stock of our lives. You know, uh, of course, there are some who, who feel that, you know, this is God's way of judging humanity or punishing humanity. There's a small percentage of that. And that is, you know, I think quite normal. Uh, in any crisis, or for people to feel that way, but overwhelmingly, people still feel that yeah, God is in the midst of us. Mm. Then we then we asked as uh, you know, uh, how do you feel towards God? You know, we, we thought maybe people would feel angry, but you look at that, you know, sixty percent said they still feel a great love for God. You
1: know, yeah, uh, well, it's amazing.
2: While we looked at the others, you know, the others, I think the general sentiments were hope in God. Yes, they are unsure of things, but they know that God is still there. Uh, So overwhelmingly, yeah, despite the fact that there are people who are frustrated, uh, people who are a bit disillusioned, uh, there's also anger. And I think these are all very natural uh, uh, emotions that people feel. But overall, uh, the love for God uh, is there. And finally, we said, we asked this. You know, uh, what are you most likely to say to people in this time? How do you encourage them? You know, and I think the question is people are saying, you know, don't worry. God is still with us. You know, he will take us through, you know. And I think, you know, for me, one of the things is one of the questions that people are asking is because you have gone online is that will people come back to church after this? I think this very brief survey uh, is a clear indication that people still believe in God. You know, and I, yeah. I'm quite sure, and I'm quite sure people will come back when we open open our doors uh, fully. People will come back. So I think you know, there's no need to worry. Some are worrying that you know, yeah, maybe some some may drop off, but the new yeah. ones may come in because if you say people are beginning to pray more, maybe they're drawing
1: more.
2: Yeah, we're drawing in more also at the same time. You know, Amen. So we could get people who have not been going regularly suddenly feel a need for God uh, coming yeah. back. So so we could see. You know, our car parks, you know, overflowing once again. It's going to be a traffic nightmare to get to church now.
1: Something <laughs> <laughs> we are really looking forward to, uh, traffic jams. Huh? Yeah. It's not had it for so long, you know. And so, and so that's
2: why this morning, this morning we thought we, we, we'd we get uh, uh, Bishop Sebastian Francis from Penang. Uh, yes. To talk to us a little bit about this, you know, uh, he was my professor in the, in the seminary. Taught me systematic theology. Uh, I hope I was a good student i hope i was anyway we'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> when you ask him i will i will, I will exit this group
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway uh yeah we thought we will ask him you know this 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 kind of fundamental question where is god you know why is god so silent you know uh you know is he watching is he caring for us if god is love you know why is he allowing this to happen these are all questions not just adults are asking i'm hearing this from children i think this is something that we want to talk about so maybe let's not keep him waiting patrick let's let's bring, yeah, him, let's
1: in. bring him in yeah
2: good morning bishop
1: good morning morning, bishop.
2: morning. thank you very Burns much and patrick thank you very much for taking time off on a saturday morning to to be with us uh, to have this, this conversation uh despite your, your busy schedule Bishop. before we before we you know jump into this very important topic or very yes. serious topic, you know. Maybe let's let let our audience to get to know you a little bit more. You know, so Patrick has got, you know, he's prepared some this some simple questions, uh, you know, which we have not given you beforehand. Okay. I yes. hope you don't mind. I like that. <laughs> just, just for people to get to know uh, the person, uh not Bishop, but person Sebastian Francis in that sense. Uh so to get them an insight of who this person is. Patrick, over to you
1: okay so we're gonna we're gonna do this uh, rapid fire question kind of approach with bishop but we're gonna put a twist to it we are going to ask our our listeners our viewers to answer first so you see the comment section in on facebook the comment section on youtube guys we want you to answer quickly all right once a question comes up we want you to wow okay got people who already uh saying they know you bishop wow good so um we want you to answer before bishop gives you his answer okay can uh, in the meantime uh, also please like and share uh and subscribe to us uh, catholics at home on facebook on youtube all right because we want to keep on uh, uh, we want the reminders to go out to you okay so are you ready for the first question guys okay
2: and bishop you can't think you can't think too long
1: Ah, Bishop, don't answer first. Don't answer first. I want to see the questions in the chat. Okay, guys. So what is Bishop Sebastian's favorite food? Anybody want to
0: guess?
1: (laughs) Can we get... Okay, we got somebody who said chakwe Tiao. (laughs) Angeline Denker guessed chakwe tiao. Oh, we got an interesting one. Sudagaran from Sudagaran Stanley said durian. <laughs> ah, we got Philomena Raju who said fish curry. So, okay, Archbishop. Bishop. Fish, Archbishop, Bishop.
3: Fish head curry.
1: Pork,
3: pork knuckles, and I had durians this morning.
1: <laughs> so, all our winners huh? <laughs> fish head curry, pork knuckles. And durian.
3: Yeah. I had durians this morning.
1: Durians in morning, Bishop? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Very good. La. Now, I also have a bit order after this. Okay. Are we ready for the second question? Which, yeah. Who is one saint that you constantly turn to? Let's see. Who is the one saint that you constantly turn to? So, guys. Who is the one saint that... Uh, Bishop constantly turns to anybody he wants to guess, you know, the answers are coming in. Leo Tuas said St. Joseph, Richard Max said St. Anne, Amanda Miranda said St. Anthony. <laughs> uh, Nobody said
2: St. Sebastian uh, or St. Francis.
1: <laughs> Joel Connolly says St. Francis uh, and uh, Jennifer says St. Anne. So Bishop
3: I think uh, these days uh, I it is Joseph, uh, Joseph
1: probably man. he would
3: be number one uh,
1: this is the um, year of Saint Joseph or so Joseph yeah Joseph,
3: he's sleeping a lot and I'm also sleeping a lot these days
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> are you dr- are you dreaming also or not are you dreaming sleeping like him? through the crisis <laughs> and dreaming
1: dreaming of durians <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, third question. Aside from the Bible, what is your favorite book? Okay, guys, can you all guess what is Bishop Sebastian's favorite book? This is is going to be a tough one. What do you think uh, Bishop Sebastian's favorite book is? Oh, we don't have any answers yet. The Art of War. Sun Tzu, Art of War. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A long walk to freedom by Mighty Lee. Confessions of Saint Augustine. <laughs> Leo Tua. Oh, oh wow! Hey, yeah.
2: <laughs> that would probably put you to sleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very tough one. Laudato Si. Summary by Thomas uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas.
3: Oh, wow. Uh, so Bishop, hmm. what's your favorite book? Bishop,
1: what's your favorite
3: book? actually a guy who had an influence on me some years back is scott peck a psychologist with his Ah, book the road Road less Less traveled Traveled.
1: oh i love that book it's a fantastic (laughs) book the first first line itself life is full of problems once you get over (laughs) that fact life becomes easier very good scott peck all right next question if you could have a 30-minute chat with one person in the past present or future who would it be who do you think guys who do you think bishop would want to spend 30 minutes with anybody oh i think they are they are stumped to the question so bishop what who do you think who would you spend 30 minutes with
3: well, uh, these days, because my, my mind moves, uh, keeps jumping all over the place. Uh, these days, I've been very much in communication with Abraham, our father. And I just told Abraham, uh, because the readings these days are about Abraham, that I said, please, I want to be either your son or your servant or your donkey, anyone, but I want to be on your team.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow that's profound <laughs> abraham our father okay wonderful wonderful do we have one more question one last one who is the most influential person in your life
2: so bishop you answer this bishop who is your this one is really hard for the <laughs> audience
1: <laughs> yeah
3: the most uh oh my god that's a tough one because um (laughs) that's a tough one actually i can't think of one i can't think of one one among the many one among the many yeah hmm well who on earth
2: <laughs> don't worry bishop after the durian we won't put you to this to, to, to this
3: this time. Time. Sure. Yeah. Okay. it will come it will come give me your time yeah
1: it could come later during the, yeah. the course of the interview
3: It's
1: yeah. yeah. a good question yeah
3: so
2: perhaps bishop you want to just uh, jump into this this conversation this morning you know and and people are asking this question you know where is god you know where is god in all of this Uh, Maybe just some opening thoughts, Bishop, Uh, uh, kind of an overview before we kind of go into the more detailed conversation. Where is God
3: uh, in in, in this whole crisis that we are going through, the whole world is going through? Yeah, I guess I can't help but uh, answer from a position of where I am and what I represent and who I represent because that has shaped my life, my personality, my soul, and that is the Judeo-Christian revelation and tradition. And uh, not just, probably because I'm a bishop. And uh, so my immediate answer to that question is that the God that I have experienced in this tradition is in the eye of the storm. Whatever the storm may be, whatever the crisis may be, he is in the eye of the storm. He is in the midst, if not in the center of the crisis. And he is not in the peripheries. And that's how I feel and experience God in the many, many crises, whether it be uh, of the world, of the church, or even of myself because he's a kind of a god who has pitched his tent among us. So I I can't feel any other way about God. And actually, all the answers just now from the five questions that came from the listeners, uh, I was a bit surprised, as Clarence was, that uh, God seems to be very much still, in, if not in this, for, for a lot even not only for those who are positive about their feelings about God, but even for those who express what we will say negative feelings, uh, I I think God is still very much at the center of the storm. Whether you feel his presence or whether you feel his absence, either way.
2: Well, you talk about the eye of the storm, Bishop. I mean, I'm just, just going to go back a little bit to last Sunday's gospel reading. He was right in the center of the storm, you know. The waves were hitting, the wind was blowing. I, well, I I haven't a clue how Jesus was able to sleep through that, uh, you know. Uh, and I think a lot of people feel that way too. I mean, uh, is he is he sleeping? I mean, how do we wake him up in this time? Uh, you know, you know what what were your reflections about last Sunday's gospel when you know? <laughs>
3: <laughs> the disciples and, tend to say, Lord, yeah. do you not care about us?
1: You don't care. Yeah.
3: And not only was he sleeping, he had a pillow and he was exactly. sleeping on the pillow yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. So he is rubbing salt into the wound even more. <laughs> and uh, of course, what struck me about that uh, text is uh, he was in the eye of the storm, but he was sleeping. And maybe that's how many of us or some of us may feel about God about God, whatever be your, your understanding of God or your experience of God. And, uh, of course, uh, they had to wake him up, and he woke up. And uh, he what's, what's what uh, got me a little excited is he rebuked the waves and the wind, and uh, the waves and the wind obeyed him. And the gospel text ends up with these words that, Who is this guy that even the wind and the waves and the sea obey him? So how I I kind of uh, understood this text for myself is that if the wind and the waves and the storm will obey him, why not I also learn to obey him in the midst of the storm? Anyway, those were my reflections about last Sunday's uh, reading. Uh, and I was quite consoled by the fact that uh, it led me to a kind of a feeling that obedience is probably the key or surrendering is probably the key that in the midst of any storm, whatever it may be. Yeah. Well, I think well, one of the things is
2: that we also in the midst of you know when jesus turns and to his disciples and says why why are you afraid don't you have faith you know and i think in a situation like this there's always this struggle between between fear uh, and faith uh, the two things uh, seem very opposing but you know in reality uh, this is what most people feel yes you know as christians as you say you know our own tradition tells us that god Never abandons us, but there's also this this element of of fear uh, in in people. Whatever it may be, uh, fear of of catching the virus or, or fear of losing jobs, uh, fear of of relationships breaking down, and we know that 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 fear does not come from from God. Uh, on on the contrary, it's it's courage that God gives. What would you say Bishop, how, how do we manage these emotions, you know, these feelings of fear in the midst of like you know you and I we often preach, tell people, be courageous, be, be, be strong, but the struggle on the ground is, is, is quite different. you know how do we manage uh, these two emotions between, between being the call to
3: have faith and yet there's fear in the heart? I think the strongest impediment to growth spiritual growth emotional growth is actually the opposite of love for me is not hatred the opposite of love is fear actually come back to me the scriptures say with all your heart don't let fear keep us apart i really have been thinking on feeling and praying for many years that one of the biggest obstacles in me and in my people whom I serve is actually fear more than anger, more than anger. It's fear. It's fear that kind of, uh, that paralyzes a person from being able to grow. And uh, therefore, I can understand why Jesus Almost never, 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 never said, Don't be angry. (laughs) He almost never said it. I don't see a single text uh, where he says, Don't be angry, you know. Almost every time, and especially after the resurrection, he said, Don't be afraid. Uh, Don't be afraid. And uh, it was never about anger. So I think one feeling that We, humankind, Catholics at home, people of God, children, maybe everyone, and no one is excluded, that we have to look at and we have to address is really fear. I think it is the root, it is the root of how we are going to face this crisis together and as individuals and how we are going to to go beyond it or to transcend it, even if we do not find a cure or overcome it so soon. So I I, I thank you, Clarence, for uh, zeroing it to this very, very uh, paralyzing uh, feeling of fear, which, as you said correctly, uh, does not come from God. At least that's what the revealed word says. And much of his, his ministry and our ministry as parents, as, as whoever, is to, to take away fear or to help us to understand where this fear comes from and to be able to transcend it. So I think it is not just about There's a lot of healing that needs to take place in the area of fear. And beyond healing even, there's a lot of deliverance, uh, I would use uh, that word even, that needs to take place in the area of fear. I think it is the fundamental obstacle uh, to growth. Thank you. Yeah,
1: that is a really, really, what Pointed point that uh, you made uh, the the absence of of fear is the only way to go forward with love, uh, but I think in this situation that we are in now, uh, one of the things that makes the fear so real is that a lot of things we don't know you know um the fact that uh, we never understood what the idea of a pandemic is, that a pandemic could be so debilitating could you know uh, we we got to be socially distanced you know all of these things we 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 didn't know so that fear of the unknown is is what scares us a little more you know so it it makes it even harder to to love when you have that fear i mean if we know it's it's if it's anger or it is um, any other thing we know okay we need to move towards love but here we don't know a lot of things you know so how how do you how do you how would you navigate uh, through that kind of uh, lack of knowledge? yeah you know?
3: it's it's interesting because uh, some of us rely on science to navigate through this and to ask ourselves, what is science saying? science and that is and technology that has uh, been so highly developed? What are the experts saying? What are the scientists saying? And what is makes uh, the situation so much more vulnerable for people in general? Either they turn to the scientists for answers, or they turn to God or religion for answers. And uh, it's rather interesting that when, as, when they turn to the science, there seems to be almost no consensus. Uh-huh. On the part of science about the origins of this virus or where it comes from. Did, I, I'm told that last week, one child uh, in your podcast asked maybe a, the re- a relevant question. Uh, didn't ask, Where is God in this uh, crisis? but asked a point blank question because, you know, uh, the children have an interesting way of, of confronting the, the bottom line, the truth ask the question, did God create the virus? Oh. Huh? I, I was told that one child asked that question to GT or Clarence, I'm not sure. Uh, did God create the virus? So that's a rather interesting question. I do not know how many, yeah. um, especially for those of us who think it is a punishment. Huh? Mm. But actually, in scripture, God creates And we manufacture. The virus apparently was manufactured. God creates from nothing. Out of nothingness, he created the world. And the world was good in its totality. But we manufacture, we don't create. If the virus was manufactured, we would have used pre-existing material to manufacture this virus. And there seems to be no clear answers coming from the world of science and technology in terms of who is responsible for this, who create, who manufactured this. And there's a lot of conspiracy theory. So I can understand our people uh, struggling with this especially those who relied very heavily on science science. and technology are going to have a huge uh, crisis uh, not only a crisis of faith a crisis uh, on the part of any authority uh, that uh, don't seem to be able to give any uh, clear concrete answers and can't find a solution yet can't find a solution yet so it is not just a crisis of faith for those, but strangely the answers to the five questions uh, shows that, well, it is 50-50. Uh, there are more people who have turned to God and prayer and, and uh, who feels that there is a message uh, coming in from God or there are, the feelings are still very heavily on the side of of love and trust and uh, and so on and so forth, and therefore have the 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 ability to move forward uh, with some kind of confidence uh, in spite of the magnitude of this uh, of this crisis. Actually, it's rather interesting and surprising to get this kind of feedback when a lot of prophets of doom are there thinking yeah. that you know it's it's all negative. But I would like to suggest that those of you who who, who came out with the fear, the, the sadness, the uncertainties, I would like to tell you that uh, you too, God is, or this Christian God, if I may call him, because I, 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 I'm not an expert in the understanding of God uh, beyond my own tradition and, and, and revelation and, and experience which as i told you from the beginning is bias it's bias towards uh the, the god who revealed himself in jesus christ nothing more nothing less i have no comments about all the other gods out there huh? and i i'm not uh, uh authority in that but being a bishop i as clarence told me when he asked me to be on podcast i was a bit ayah lazy la the one like, hey you are a bishop you know you have to read you have to teach huh? so that motivated me to say to change my mind within within five minutes in the conversation with Clarence. i said okay la so let it be so i think um, we we really have to be extremely um compassionate and merciful because the crisis is coming not only from faith for some, the crisis is also coming from science. Science and technology seem to have failed us. Therefore, I think we we have to be extremely, extremely compassionate. I thank God, actually, that uh, uh, as Catholics, that we were prepared in some strange way for this crisis. with many events taking place. Pope Francis called for a year of mercy before the crisis took place. Uh, Pope Francis called for a year of mission. Pope John Paul II, when we entered into the third millennium, which is about 21 years ago, uh, he told us, well, the third millennium in the 21st century is calling upon each one of you, us, baptized, talking particularly to the baptized Catholics, to put out into the deep. And we are in deep crisis these days. So I can't even in the Peninsula Malaysia Pastoral Convention uh, way back in 2016, uh, we were, the Holy Spirit told us at that convention with where Malacca Johor, KL Penang was involved, uh, told the, the leadership of the church, I want a church in Semananjung, Malaysia, that is creative. Oh my God, this was before the pandemic. <laughs> that is inclusive. And that is bridge building. And I can't help but feel that we were prepared for this pandemic in many ways okay talking too much <laughs> yeah, just,
2: yeah just just to just to kind of carry on from what you are saying before coming back to the word creative uh, which i will take up in a short while uh, just to try you know you know there are lots of people whenever there is a kind of a whether pandemic a famine or whether it's it's war whether it's some natural disaster uh, we can't help but people begin to say okay you know these are the signs we have in the bible the end times are near you know, uh, this always you, you talk about prophets of doom, you know, and, and we still have them these, these days uh, amongst us, you know. Let me just put a point blank question to you directly, you know, in the sense is this a sign of the end times or is it something more than just or do we have to look at it, reflect on it on a more profound and deeper way than just you know taking the words
3: of, of, of scripture to, to think that you know God is saying the end is coming. Well, when Jesus was asked the same question, uh, is it the end times? Is the end coming near? When will it happen? And so on and so forth. He said, mind your own business, he said. (laughs) That that was his answer. Mind your own business? Only the Father knows, even I don't know, he said. Well, that I thought was a fantastic answer. So I'm not too excited or impressed with anyone who is suggesting that this is the end times. Uh, and so on and so forth. But, however, having said that, I would like to say that purification, uh, which is the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, is very much integral to the theology and spirituality of the Catholic Church. Uh, Purification before sanctification is very, very much. So is this a time of purification? I would say... Yes, not just now, but because actually, if you study the history of the uh, Judeo-Catholic Christian tradition, the crisis was there from the very beginning. uh? Even creation started with a crisis. uh? Salvation, redemption was a huge crisis. And if we remove the centrality of the cross, from religion, especially the Catholic faith, or the Christian faith, I think you're going to have a massive, massive, massive problem uh, with with Christianity. And it is removing the centrality of the cross. And um, after the cross and the resurrection, the Holy Spirit continues with the mission of Jesus to bring it to its fulfillment. Uh, And yes, there is a tension towards the end, Times towards the second coming of Christ, the final coming of Christ, and that must always be there. And even the, the, his second coming, which has not happened, is described in the book of Revelation and in the book of Daniel in very critical, a crisis language again, uh, in, in apocalyptic uh, language, which is full of destruction and crisis, and so on and so forth. So, uh, I think the bottom line is uh, that we, as Christians, uh, are are, crisis, that is why I said, the God who revealed Himself in Jesus Christ is at the very centre of the crisis, is at the very eye of the storm. And the strongest indication for that is the cross. Because all the questions that we are asking about the pandemic, we can ask about the cross. Did, why did God allow his son to be crucified on the cross? And it's the same Did God nail Jesus to the cross as he Did God create this uh, problem of the pandemic? And so on and so forth. So we have to get back to the centrality of the cross. And St. Paul already said, and that is the biggest crisis as far as we understand that ever took place in the history of creation, in the history of salvation, in the history of humankind. And every crisis, whether before Jesus or after Jesus, will have to be understood in the context of the cross. There's no, and we are, uh, given this revelation so you know too many of us are bypassing the the cross and going too quickly quickly to the resurrection or okay end times but as far as i'm concerned i um it's none of your business because jesus said you know you don't that i'm not going to answer that question but you have to Go through a process. I have to go through a process of purification. Nobody is exempted, however rich, however poor, whether you are a Catholic or whether you are a person belonging to any faith. The concept of purification is there. Purification is there from the very beginning till now. From the the crisis created by Adam and Eve to the crisis of Abraham and Moses and the prophets, culminating in John the Baptist, and Jesus, is a non-stop history of crisis. And after Jesus, the persecution of the early church, the crisis of almost every apostle, the crisis of almost every saint who was persecuted, we have thousands of them in China, in Korea, in Japan. Don't don't go just to Rome 2,000 years ago in Vietnam, in Cambodia, in Laos, and I'm reading all this stuff. And Christianity has given us the ability to enter into the crisis and to remain obedient and faithful for the sake of humanity, not just for ourselves. So I I can understand how the spirit is moving in all these people, thousand people who... Uh, express their feelings, their views, that I see nothing but the presence of the Holy Spirit uh, in each one of us. Uh, And yes, the Holy Spirit sanctifies us to prepare us for the second coming of Christ. But before sanctification, there is a a process of purification. And we Catholics are very strong on that. Not only before death, even after death, the purification continues. So it it is actually, (laughs) it's actually quite, quite adventurous, really. Quite
1: adventurous.
3: (laughs) No, yeah, Patrick. uh,
1: Yeah. So we want to um, just remind our, our viewers and our listeners, if you have questions that you, you know, on this topic, um, where is God in this time of crisis? If you have a question for Uh, bishop sebastian who is with us please post your questions in the comment section in youtube or in facebook wherever you're following it and uh we'll try to get your question answered uh, um, in this topic uh where is god so bishop you were actually talking about um being able to accept um the cross and this process of purification right um in this time of crisis but what would be your advice on how people can Handle um, situations where it's really very close to the heart, where people that you know and you love, they are, they are in ICU, and you know some of them are passing away just like that. You know, it's 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 like a shock to the system. You know, um, how how can we reconcile that?
3: Yeah, so there are many many casualties. Uh, Every crisis produced. But whether those who died are casualties, I am not very sure about the answer to that question. Uh, Or how did they process it uh, before they died? Uh, Did they surrender themselves to God? Did they make their peace? And reconciliation with God before they died, we don't know. We don't know the answer. We, as Saint Paul says, we may see they are going as a calamity. Uh, I have a, a nephew who is in ICU, and um, due to COVID, and um, you know, it uh, struck me that everyone is praying for them to be healed, for him to be healed. Okay, I think that's very natural, very normal, very Christian, very human to to do that. Uh, No, I'm messing up my hair. Sorry. yeah. I don't (laughs) know if I decide to turn it. Never mind. And actually, suddenly I thought about it and I told my nephew, well, uh, everyone is praying for you to be healed. And I told him, what about you? He's still alive. He's not dead. (laughs) What about you uh, praying for your wife and for your children and, uh, and uh, for them to be able to continue with the mission that is entrusted? Why not turn it around? I'm now very fond of asking those who are in crisis, in pain, who are suffering, who may have even died, to reverse it and say, well, can you pray for me? Pray for the church. Pray for those who are left behind, who have to continue with the the challenge, with the struggles. Pray for the frontliners. And I'm not talking only about doctors and nurses who are frontliners. Even those who bury the dead are frontliners. Even the garbage collectors, I've thought about them as frontliners. All the toxic stuff that we throw in the the bin, including our masks, which may be full of germs or bacteria or or God knows what viruses. Those poor fellows who collect our rubbish have to collect them and dispose them. And therefore, they too are frontliners. So I, I think um, we have to, to come to some kind of, I, I'm not saying that uh, purification, I, I think the, the work of purification has been going on ever since the Holy Spirit arrived. And the mission is surely to continue with the, with the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus. And that's the primary mission. But there is also a, a work of purification taking place, which is entrusted to the Holy Spirit. Uh, so it is happening. And which will also lead creation, not only humankind. Uh, we are too centered on ourselves, I think. So thank God for Lauda to see. Si. Uh, and thank God for Amoris Laetitiae. Uh, all this, <laughs> in a funny way, has prepared us to, to heal creation itself, the mess that we have created. And it's very tempting to blame God for it. Actually, it's a very easy way out. You know, Let's just hold God responsible for the mess that we have created uh, in, in ecology, in the environment, and and not take responsibility for, for it at all and just okay but that's not the god who revealed himself in jesus christ he is right there huh? he's right there in the eye of the storm uh, he sure, is, before I, can, can i just yeah.
2: can i just before before you before you proceed you know one of our listeners uh is asking you know when you talk about purification you know in an ordinary sense uh, i understand what you mean uh, in an ordinary sense how does that happen uh, in, in in one's daily life? Uh, so, you know, in terms of, I mean, you talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, but in our daily lives, how does that, uh, how do you see it, or how do you work towards uh, that kind of a purification that God wants? Maybe if you can try to break it down in, in, a, in a simple
3: uh, way of trying to understand it. Yeah, I guess the basics of purification on our side, uh, not on the side of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will be, will be motivated.
1: Oh, we've lost some audio. Yeah.
2: Sorry, Bishop. I, I don't know whether you can hear us, but we have um, lost uh, audio, no audio on your side. We can't hear you. No, not yet. No.
1: Oh, battery. Battery. We've changed the battery. Um, coming on. Not yet.
3: There are new batteries that have ah. been fixed. OK, okay. can, you, can you hear me? Yes, yeah. yeah. can you hear
1: you now. So yeah. you're saying
3: about purification on our side. Uh, on our side, I guess the simple Acts of purification express themselves through prayer, for example, uh, through fasting, through penance, through detachment of some kind, through taking care of the environment. All this and stop wastage and uh, reduce our, our levels of greed and overconsumption I, I, I think all this is, is the work of purification. Uh? All this is the work of purification, that the Spirit is doing that, uh, but, but we are going to cooperate with the Holy Spirit uh, to be purified, not for the sake of just in order to be sanctified. And this is something that I think is happening not only with humankind, but happening also with the whole of creation. And I think we got to see ourselves more and more as one with the whole of creation. Otherwise, we will be too much into some kind of narcissism, <laughs> uh, whether it be spiritual narcissism or whatever. You know that we are we are we, we have fallen in love with our own reflection, with our own selves, and therefore we we can't find the answer to many questions because. It's too much of a, of a ego trip that is going on, uh, in with humankind, and I think there has to be, and that is why Jesus said, uh, you see, we Catholics have a, we are a bit funny actually, you know, uh, because when somebody is sick, okay, we will pray for healing, uh, we will pray for healing, and we will do everything as we are doing now. With those who are sick, whether it be due to COVID or due to whatever other sickness, cancer, etc., to find a, a cure through medic, through the medical world, to lessen the pain of the people who are entrusted to us, and to and at the same time, uh, we will pray for healing. Now, if there is a healing, we will praise God and rejoice and give testimony here and there and everywhere. And I said, we Catholics are rather funny people, you know. For us, even prayer is a win win situation. Let's say there's no physical healing. What will we do? We will turn to another verse of scripture that says, If you want to be my disciple, take up your cross and follow me. And taking up your daily crosses and following him, whether you are being persecuted or whether you are sick or whether you are whatever, is also a form of purification. And therefore, it's funny that actually we have a win-win situation, uh, that either way, uh, it's prayer is being answered. If you're healed, it is being answered. If you're not healed, your prayer is still being answered because you're being faithful in taking up your daily cross and following Jesus. And therefore, either way, you are obedient to God's will. If it is God's will for you to be healed, praise God. If it is God's will for you to be carrying your daily cross and following Him, praise God. So we Catholics are a bit funny, lah, You know, we, we can <laughs> we we can uh, we can manage tweak it both ways and yeah. uh, make it work to our advantage. But it's because that's what you we we find in the scriptures. Yeah. Uh, well, as, as you as you, were say, as you were saying
2: as you were saying this, uh, I was just reminded before we take some questions from from our listeners, uh, Patrick. I think we get oh. some questions. Yeah. You know, I I'm reminded of of the the account of, of Lazarus. You know, and oh, Jesus. This will end in the glory of God at the end of it all. Uh, and and similarly, tomorrow's tomorrow's reading is is the raising of of Jairus's daughter, uh, which also ends uh, in in the glory of God. Also, that that in death. There is still glory, and there is still that resurrection that that comes about, uh, which I think for us, for as people of faith, that that's what gives us uh, a focus, uh, gives us a direction uh, in terms of of moving forward uh, in life, in death. Uh, you know, we find the glory of God still being revealed. Of course, in the human emotions part, it's it's very painful uh, to be separated from someone, uh, and I mean, I'm sure Bishop, you would agree in a sense that you know it's it's normal in this situation to feel upset to feel sad to feel to feel pain uh you know even 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 towards towards anger towards god it's i mean in some ways is is normal but how do we how do we transcend this how do we see in all of this pain this struggling how how do we see a god of love essentially that's who he is in essence. Uh, I mean, if I could use that word, I mean, it's because God transcends all all matter and uh, he is love, He is love. To those who are who are hurting out there, what would you say? How, how do you find this God who is love towards all of us?
3: Well the, uh, the, for those who are hurting out there, we hope we believe, that even if you can't do anything, that there will be someone who will turn up, whether it be a member of your family, a friend, and so on and so forth, uh, who will be an instrument to journey with you, to accompany you, to pray with you, even if you can't pray for yourself, huh? to to have that kind of bonding and solidarity with uh, with you. Because, you know, this God who revealed himself in Jesus Christ, uh, he is all the time uh, associating himself, identifying himself with you. In the last judgment, he's not going to ask you about your religion or your labels that you are carrying around. Uh, he's going to ask you, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was naked, I was sick, I was in prison, I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. So in a funny, mysterious way, this God who revealed himself in Jesus Christ is actually identifying himself 100% uh, with those who are in any kind of crisis. Whether the crisis be a crisis of hunger, of thirst, of nakedness, of being in prison, whether you are in a physical prison, or you are in the prison of your of your conscience that is hurting you, and you are guilty, but you may not be in prison, but you are in the prison of your conscience and not being set free, or whether you are in, in hospital, sick, whatever
0: yeah.
3: you know Maybe we more can than us a... praying for them jesus identifies himself with them he identifies himself 100 percent with the persecuted so we are back to the question where is god in a time of crisis all i can say is the god who revealed himself in jesus christ is at the very heart of the crisis he is at the very uh, what did I say earlier? He said, "The very eye of, in the very eye of the storm." And therefore, whether you overcome it or not, I do not know how, in a strange way, uh, he is in you and you are in him. By the so mere you- fact that you're going through this struggle, this crisis. Because he identified himself with those seven categories of, six categories of people. And I think every one of them is a crisis. Anyway,
0: Clarence, yeah.
3: we have, We have a question. We
2: have a question. Uh, yeah. Right, uh, would you like to take that? Yeah.
1: yeah. So um, Angeline Lessler posted this question. Uh, Bishop, uh, what is our role as Catholics in bringing hope and faith to others during this crisis?
3: Well, as I said, uh, we have to uh, reveal in action and in words, if necessary, uh, but maybe more in action, especially uh, if it is people of various faiths, in revealing uh, this God who revealed Himself in Jesus, who participates in the suffering of His people. And I I think... uh, This is one of the things that maybe, because we Catholics um, are entrusted with this gospel. Okay? I do not know how others are entrusted with what. I speak for the Catholics. We are entrusted with this gospel. And it is a gospel whose centrality is the cross. What St. Paul will call, actually, it's a stumbling block. Because the cross itself is a crisis. Uh, He calls it, the folly of the cross the stupidity of the cross the 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 scandal it's a scandal of the cross and what do and you know and therefore before we jump into the resurrection we have to be instruments of hope by entering into the suffering of our people whatever it may be and participating in that suffering in whatever way that can happen okay and helping them to identify that God or in Jesus Christ, I don't know about the other gods, uh, is part of your suffering, is part of your suffering, and beyond that, there is hope, there is resurrection. So, the poor Lazarus uh, Clarence mentioned about Lazarus, uh, the poor fellow had a natural death. Okay, uh, he didn't die of COVID or whatever, I think he died a natural death. And this Jesus, you know, he is very fond of those two girls, Mary and Martha. And listening to them, he went and raised the poor fellow from the dead. And what happened to him the second round? What happened to him? Yes, it's for the glory of God. The second round, they wanted to kill him after he rose from the dead. Poor fellow already resting. They wanted to kill him. Why? Because he was a testimony uh, to Jesus and to the uh, the salvation that Jesus brought about and this time we had to go through a second crisis uh, poor Lazarus of course we we are not told he, he didn't he, he died he died obviously a second death so really I think uh, we for us uh, Catholics I have asked myself I've asked some people what is the supreme value That you hold on to in this world, in this life on planet Earth. If you say the supreme value is life, then probably you will try to preserve that life, protect that life uh, at all costs and at any cost. (laughs) I would suggest that the supreme value. Uh, on while you're on planet Earth is not just human life, but is obedience to the will of God. Obedience to the word of God, obedience to the command of God in whatever situation you may find yourself. Whether it be a situation of crisis, or whether it be a situation of health, or a situation of sickness, whatever it may be. And I read the life of the saints every day. Uh, we have, and I can't imagine the the, the number of saints that uh, understood this and lived it, and almost all of them uh, had to face a crisis of some kind or other. And as Cardinal Newman said, uh, you know, he said, "What is the greatest strategy, uh, tragedy in the world?" Uh, Uh, He said, so we will say, ah, okay, atheism, hedonism, materialism, individualism, pantheism, God knows what, all the isms under the sun. And Cardinal Newman said, the greatest tragedy for the Church and for Christians and in the world is that not enough of us are willing to be saints, (laughs) are willing to discover What is God's will for us? And obey. If the storm and the waves and the sea and the wind obey Jesus, what about you and me? Maybe the most intelligent thing to do for a Christian, for a Catholic, is to obey. And obedience comes with listening. Obedience comes with humility. Obedience comes with surrendering. We don't hear enough of the word surrendering to God's will. We just want healing, 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 and obsessed almost by that. I don't think the greatest supreme, I'm talking about the supreme value of for us as people, believers in Jesus Christ, is your own life. In fact, Jesus said, those of you who try to preserve your life will lose it. <laughs> so it's a funny religion, really. Eh? <laughs> and those of you who lose your life, We'll gain it. Your life, sacrifice your life including the garbage collectors who are cleaning all our junk uh, we'll save it i think it's a very simple message really but so so bishop just just related to that uh, related to
2: what you are saying very very uh, what stephen stephen francis i believe is is asking a question uh he says you know i mean it's kind of related to the earlier question during this pandemic it's an opportunity to, I mean, I, I say evangelize, meaning in a, in a broader sense, like what you said, uh, you know, when when I was naked, you clothed me, when I was hungry, you fed me, when I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. Uh, you know, what are some of the initiatives like, you know, for you in, in the diocese uh, to reach out to people in need during this time? Maybe some examples that, that people could, you know, could, could want to be inspired by it and to do it in a small way too or that you could offer some suggestions. I think this is what we talked earlier about, being creative. Uh, What does it
3: mean to be creative uh, as a Catholic, as a Christian, in the time of this pandemic? I see two kinds of people who are screaming out there. And one is screaming and saying, Go inwards! Make a journey inwards, internal journey, uh, during this time and and rediscover who you are, what you are, what is your identity, and get down to prayer and to contemplation, to meditation, to prayer, prayer to the rosary, whatever it may be. So one bunch of fellows are screaming and saying, make a journey inwards. Whether it be just reciting the rosary, whatever it may be, but make that journey inwards. Huh? Another bunch of fellows... Are saying, get out, make the journey outwards uh, and reach out, uh, as Clarence said, to whoever within your reach. And I see many people doing that. Feed the street people, feed the call your neighbors, whatever, you know. So I see two, two movements coming out of this pandemic. One is people are moving inwards and entering in a positive way, in a healthy way, and rediscovering prayer and contemplation and so on and so forth. And another group of people are reaching outwards to those that they can reach out to. You see, the Catholic Church, it struck me that actually we are almost, the SSVP is having an EGM right now. Uh, going on. And um, it struck me that uh, that another group of people are finding creative ways of reaching out, not just through virtual formation and all that, OK, and masses and all that kind of stuff, but to actually, uh, like in Bayan La Paz, one guy working with the member of parliament of Bayan La Paz, uh, raise money to feed the people of Bayan La Paz. And this is going on. But it's rather interesting that their church is everywhere. Uh, is everywhere. Whether it be with HIV AIDS, whether it be with prisons, whether it be with the sick, whether it be with the elderly, and whether it be with the homebound. My God, you know, I I, I am actually quite amazed at, at how our Catholics um, are but maybe not too much of publicity, but they are are somewhere, they are everywhere, or reaching out to some migrants or refugees. I'm getting feedback every day from all these uh, various people. So I can't help but feel that there's so much hope, that if the church uh, cannot be a sign of hope, uh, then I think there's no need for us to be around really. Uh, it doesn't matter who comes to church or who will come back to church after the pandemic, you know, because we have already been focusing on discipleship, not on membership in the church. Uh, I'm, I'm no more interested in, in how many members I have in my diocese. We have been talking for about five years before this pandemic that we want. A church of disciples, and we have to form them. Missionary disciples of joy. In the midst of the pandemic, what kind of joy? Francis said, Pope Francis said, the joy of the gospel. No matter what is going on, how many of you said you still feel at peace and you feel calm, and so on and so forth? These are different words for for joy. And to be Uh, uh, a missionary disciple of mercy. That is the crux of the gospel. And that's why we are here still as church, the mercy of God the Father. And we are going to be the instruments. However you do it, whether through a phone call, whatever you may be doing. And finally, we are missionary disciples of hope, the hope of the spirit. And I can't help but feel that the Malaysian church and the Holy Spirit moving through as the church in Similanjo actually prepared us for all this before the pandemic already. And I am very happy to see how many of us are, are motivated uh, to move in this direction. And it doesn't matter whether you get publicity or you don't get publicity, whether you appear on Free Militia today, an article comes up here, there, wherever, you know, but just do it just do it within your reach within your limitations accepting all the limitations that are there but but keep hope alive keep hope alive that's our mission so bishop uh, i mean you talked much about you talk about the two two
2: movements one is going inward one is going outward and you give a lot of examples about going outward uh, to help people maybe for our for our, our listeners this morning uh, what could they do during this time to enhance that process of going inward, of you know, because in that in, in the survey that we did, uh, quite a few people said that you know this is an opportunity, this is God's invitation to, to, to recreate ourselves, you know, to refocus. Uh, what are maybe a few steps that people could do uh, to be able to uh, to get back to the basics of of maybe because we've been too overwhelmed with so many things during. Pandemic days when we are running around like a headless chicken from here to there (laughs) everywhere, you know. Uh, Maybe this time when we have to stay at home, one of the things that we could focus on uh, to help us as we slowly come, you know, towards this recovery
3: phase, moving in that direction. At least it's our hope. Parents, I want to tell you, don't impose prayer on your children, (laughs) okay, Uh, and don't go after them because they are not praying because they don't want to follow the Online masses and so on and so forth. But if you are in a position of responsibility, I ask you to intercede on behalf of your children, even if they show no interest in God, in prayer, in faith, and all that uh, mumbo jumbo, you know. And uh, intercede for them, parents, bishops, intercede for your people, priests. Even if you do not have the flair about uh, to use the internet and to be out there giving virtual formation and all that, get on your knees and pray on behalf of your people. Celebrate Mass uh, by yourself, but for your people. Uh, we have a concept of intercession and vicarious you know, um, suffering or whatever you want to call it, that... That we carry in us uh, the burdens the 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 anxieties, the fears or whatever of our children of our people but don't impose on on those below you okay invite them sure uh, encourage them uh, but don't impose and if they need time they need space to just but you take over and you do it on their behalf. I think this is a very powerful uh, Way of, uh, of connecting with them, especially those who are going through depression, those who are going through, you know, don't want to have anything to do with prayer and all that kind of stuff. Maybe can't even pray the rosary. I, I mentioned in a talk recently, I said, You look at three persons, huh? Mary. In most of her statues and her pictures, she's like this. And that is the position. And as long as Mary is interceding for us, I think we are okay. As long as Jesus, how is he pictured? He's seated at the right hand of the Father and what is he doing there? Even after his mission is over, he's interceding for us, for creation, for the world, for the church. Look at the gesture of Jesus on the cross. His hands are wide open and it is definitely a gesture of being inclusive and embracing the whole world, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I think the church must open our arms. Heads of families, uh, if you can't pray, just put your hands like this, like Mary. Just raise your hands like this and embrace, including those who don't want to be hugged. And finally, holy spirit what is the gesture of the holy spirit laying on of hands don't be afraid don't wait for the bishop to come for confirmation to lay hands he has not appeared for one to two years now okay all of you are in positions of responsibility you have the power uh, given to you through baptism to lay your hands on your children on the sick on the elderly whatever and pray that they will experience the infilling of the holy spirit and and uh, so actually if you can't pray in words just just gestures body language this is a language of prayer this is the language of prayer this is the language of prayer so keep things simple <laughs> please uh, and don't impose any spiritual stuff on any Tom, Dick, or Harry, including your children. <laughs> okay,
2: I, I I just wonder.
0: <laughs>
2: I, I just wonder. After this, you are going to get an explosion of, of comments from parents. <laughs> Catholics at home is going to go. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I think. But I think of course, expensive.
3: train your children to pray. Surely, inform yeah, them to pray. But if they are resisting, handle it gently. That's all I'm saying. Yeah,
2: and I think that that's 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 the key point uh, that I think you, you, you're trying to, to tell our, our listeners out there is that, I mean, uh, Monica prayed for her son for years before uh, and, and there was conversion. Uh, and I think that's a very powerful uh, image that we have. Um, Bishop, I mean, you know we're coming to almost uh, an hour and a half uh, and i said only one hour to you in that 5 minute conversation <laughs> let me not, let me not break my word to you uh, i mean in your own reflections bishop i maybe the question is you know of course we do not know the mind of god nobody knows the will of god in your own personal reflection you know what could you think what do you think uh, god could be possibly saying to us uh, at this time you know uh, you know uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, as I said, if we know God's mind, then we are equal to God. So definitely we do not know what, but you know, the process of of introspection and reflection helps us set a direction. And maybe as the bishop, what do you think that, you know, God could be saying to us at this time and what maybe we should do uh, as we slowly move out of this?
3: Actually, I think God is saying the same thing he said to Adam and Eve when the first crisis happened to humankind, to creation. The same thing is saying to Abraham, to Moses, to the prophets, to John the Baptist, and to those who came after Christ, the apostles and the rest and the saints. And it's all finally to be understood in the person of Jesus. And in the person of Jesus, God is saying, well, if you are naked, I will clothe you. And it strikes me that when Adam and Eve uh, created the first crisis, that one of the things that the first things that God did was to, when he asked them, where are you? They, they said, we are hiding because we are naked. And there was nothing wrong with nakedness before that. But after they committed the sin of disobedience, of wanting to be like God, they, they began to notice that they are naked. And it struck me that one of the first things God did was not to tell you anything. was to go and clothe their nakedness. So I think that's what God is telling to all of us. The message has not changed that I will clothe you in your nakedness, whatever that nakedness may be, whether it be depression, whether it be fear, whether it be anxiety, whether it be sadness, whether it be a distaste for prayer and spiritual things because God has disappointed you or or whatever it may be. I, I just want to imagine uh, and to believe that God will want to do what he did to Adam and Eve. He will want to clothe them so that their nakedness will be covered. Would be So I, that's what I think God is telling us, really, that he is in the eye of your storm, of my storm, of the storm that we are facing as humankind. I want to end, maybe... With the story of the my my friends, my three friends, the three visionaries of Fatima, uh, Portugal. That's Jacinta. Uh, Clarence was in that parish at one time. Jacinta, Francesco, and Lucia. You know, they were hardly 11, 12, uh, 10, 11, and 12 years old when they had the vision of Mother Mary. And what did Mother Mary tell? Why this story is so exciting for me? It is because the last time the world experienced a pandemic was 100 years ago, a massive pandemic called the Spanish flu, uh, called the Spanish flu. And how many uh, casualties were there? According to the records, 500 million people were infected by that flu. And how many died? 50 million died. And we have not reached that number yet with the Uh, coronavirus 50 million died and you know these god chose these three kids to give a message uh, to the world at that time okay and the message came through mary through mother mary and the message was very simply penance 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 and it's interesting he did not entrust that message to the bishops or to the priests or the clergy of portugal or fatima He entrusted it to three vulnerable little kids. And did they fulfill the mission that was entrusted to them? They did. And do you know that out of those three kids, two of them, Jacinta and Francesco, died within a year. Now, where was God in that situation? Couldn't God have protected at least these two kids? He chose them. They were so special. To him and to Mother Mary. And the two of them, after having completed their mission, which was to communicate this message to the blessed bishops (laughs) and to the clergy and to the people, uh, you know, which they did. And of course, they were persecuted. Normal. we, We are very good at that, you know, at persecuting people. So, anyway. And two of them died within a year or two of the pandemic. Where was God? What kind of a god is this? Couldn't he have saved and healed those two kids? They were hardly 11, 12 years old. And the poor Lucia (laughs) didn't get it and lived until and died about 20 years ago. So I think I'm terribly inspired by this uh, real story. It's not a fairy tale I'm telling you about the life of Jacinta. And I don't know whether they are saints. Are they saints, Clarence? Jessica I and, and I, not, I think they are.
0: I'm yeah, not sure. Perhaps, yeah. anyway,
3: it doesn't matter. And that was the last pandemic that happened in a massive way in to humankind about 100 years ago. So, how many saints will be created out of this pandemic? I do not know. Uh, but I hope that you and I will be among them. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Bishop. I think that is a, a very
2: fitting conclusion. Uh, I think you know the two things that you you mentioned uh, kind of strike out as we come bring this conversation to a, to an end. I mean, we could go on and, and on uh, having to talk about this, but I think you started off with the whole thing: if God is in the eye of the storm, uh, and you concluded with another image that you know He will clothe us. Uh, yeah. So between these two images. Uh, And I think the reality that you you kind of allude to and point out to us is is so real that even in the midst of that pain, in the midst of that loss of lives uh, in the the Spanish uh, flu, uh, that God is not distant. God is near. At this time, um, you know, because of the challenges that we face, um, our vision may be blurred. Uh, We may not be able to see, you know. Uh, when you're in the storm, it's hard to see sometimes. When you get out of the storm, uh, you begin to see, look back and see, hey, yes, God was with us. And that's the reality of life. Uh, just to thank, thank you so much for, for this, these insights that you have provided us um, in this conversation. You know, And I think if there's anything that, that that our listeners could take back is to remember is God is there in the eye of the storm and he will clothe uh, each one of us and protect us. And I think to clothe someone is, is is a is a nice image in the sense that you know that God's protection is 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 on us, uh, and God is there to be with us. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Bishop Sebastian, uh, for you. for being Can here. Can bless
3: with us. everybody?
2: Sure. Before we conclude, and I and I, I and I'm grateful and to know also that you are just as animated as you were uh, 30 years ago when you were teaching mm-hmm. me in the seminary. <laughs> with your hands all over and, and you still have, you still haven't lost that, that enthusiasm and, uh, 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 and the ability to, to be able to share. Uh, and we are truly grateful for this conversation uh, to be part of Catholics at home and hopefully we, we can have you in many other conversations on other different topics uh, you know uh, during this time and to see that as we all move towards becoming saints. So I'd like to like to in, uh, invite you
3: Bishop, uh, to say a prayer. Uh, uh, for us and with us during this time. So, Heavenly Father, I just want you to reach out and to touch everyone Catholics at home, church beyond borders, uh, people of other faiths who may be with us this morning, and also to very specially to all our children, to all our little ones, uh, children, okay? And uh, I, I wish to lay my hands upon all of you, each and every one of you, uh, including all the people who are under your care, your influence, especially those who are most vulnerable. And pray that, uh, that most of all, I would like to pray that uh, fear will be healed. And fear will be replaced by peace. Not a superficial peace, but an inner peace. Not physical strength, but inner strength that comes from the Spirit upon all of you. And may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. Thank you uh, you so much. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, thank you so much, uh, Archbishop. Uh, sorry, Bishop, for your for your time, for your for your insights, uh, for your reflections, and I think this is something that you know we all have been waiting to listen uh, in many different ways.
1: Patrick, I, I, I was really yeah, I was really moved uh, by by the blessing. Um, for me, the really the the prayer, the purification uh, is really through prayer, penance, reducing our overconsumption you know, and and reducing our attachment. So much of of comfort, uh, I think uh, we found this uh, today uh, uh, through our our bishop. Um, I just wanted to highlight, uh, you know, the background, the colourful background that we've had uh, um, uh, today was actually uh, the artwork of, uh, you can see now, uh, the artwork um, by Timothy Chan. Timothy Chan is actually uh, uh, one of the members of Willing Hearts, Who is And and Willing Hearts is um, an organization which has been on Facebook for for almost a year, I think, uh, Willing Hearts. Mm -hmm. And so we want everybody to please come on, uh, join Willing Hearts and support Willing Hearts. Uh, They're an online Catholic marketplace. All right. So please subscribe and join and follow um, uh, Willing Hearts. Also, want yeah, to just, just,
2: you. just 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 before you go, Patrick. I mean, just to sure. talk a little bit about Willing Hearts. I mean, people were asking questions: how How do we help? How do we help? Now, Willing Hearts was started uh, by Catholics at home uh, to help people who who have lost a job or who have had, had a take a, a reduced income and who are working from home. Who are talented, whether it's baking or whether it's cooking or whether it's craft? Uh, we created this platform so that you know we can help one another. Uh, so if you're looking out for things to 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 support. Uh, do go onto our facebook uh, marketplace uh, look for willing hearts you see and lots of people out there who who need a little bit of extra income during this time uh, you can buy you can support them in many different ways so uh, please use this this is one way we can look after one another we can help each other uh, during this time and if you have something that you you want to put on uh, you want you want to put out people to support you uh yeah please do so uh, and our our administrators will pick that up also yeah just a little bit of how we what we can do to help each other
1: yeah don't have to always go on on um, platforms that you already know your grab your food panda go on to facebook search for willing hearts and then search for what the food that you uh, that you like or the item that you're looking for okay and you and you support them also want to let you all know that uh, jamming for jesus is back next friday 9:30 p.m so we've got a uh, uh, performance from KK from our St. Jude's Rawang as well so please uh, tune in 9:30 p.m this coming Friday and also please uh, uh, do support uh, our Tamil broadcast which is uh, coming back on live uh, this coming week uh, and so we're moving into different language groups as well huh? uh, Catholics yeah. at home is expanding and uh, those who are from Penang, uh, Miri, uh, Malacca, JB as well, please subscribe to our channel. Uh, please like and follow and share, especially this uh, particular show after the uh, episode is done. Please share uh, this show with uh, people that you know who need their encouragement, who need to know uh, and experience where God is in their life right now. All right. Just before
2: just before you go on, Patrick, I just want to just yeah. to say, you know, uh, talking about to subscribe uh, now on now on our YouTube channel, within a year, uh, we have now about three thousand over subscribers, uh, and on our Facebook, we have about five thousand followers. Uh, so we have kind of grown exponentially uh, during this one year. We want to reach out to as many people as possible. So we'd like to invite you to, to subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel. Now, people ask, why do I need to subscribe? Now, the reason why you subscribe is because the moment... we you know that we come on every Saturday morning, at least we we have been consistent uh, since, the, since we started on the 1st of April last year, uh, to subscribe so that you get notifications uh, and you don't have to wait for someone to send you... Uh, send you a, a notice that we are on and this is the topic so if you subscribe yes. or if you follow the moment uh, the, the post is out you 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 will be notified and some people ask how to subscribe yeah maybe so we have kind of a short little uh uh video i, I believe uh, to show you how you can subscribe uh after this if you're watching us on on youtube uh do we have that uh, little clip all right oh, okay, okay. Uh, okay, so if you if you just go down and you see the word subscribe, you just pl- uh, press subscribe. We won't we won't spam you, but it is just for you to yes. be notified uh, to noti- be notified the moment the post goes up. You will be notified that there's a session coming on, there's a talk, yes. there's a podcast coming yes. on, and what's the topic? So that's the reason why we are inviting you to either subscribe or to follow us on Facebook. And we are hoping we are hoping to reach ten thousand people. Ah, uh, Patrick, that's our yes, that's yes. our <laughs>
1: that's our target. Our target. Yeah. Because so help you know. us yeah we need help more us, help us in... reach the target
2: yeah so the more the more people subscribe uh the more people get to follow us and get to uh it's not about numbers as bishop said uh we are hoping to to make more disciples uh missionary disciples committed disciples uh through this this podcast yes so a little bit of uh uh advertisement for us
1: <laughs> all right so we actually come to the end of today's broadcast uh father you have any final words
2: no, just to thank, uh, thank Bishop for being with us. Uh, thanks, Patrick. Thanks to, our, to, to yes. our listeners. I know we have gone longer than uh, usual, more than an hour. Uh, but it's been an yes. interesting conversation for a lot of people. So if you're out there, uh, you know, spread hope, spread love, spread kindness to one another. This is what we all need at this time uh, as we live in uncertain times, hoping to come out of this lockdown. Uh, but if we can stand by one another, uh, we will get through this together
1: too. Yeah. Amen. And also want to thank uh, Mark and uh, Alex who are helping us uh, technically today uh, and we encourage everybody else, you know, uh, continue to reach out to one another, look out for one another because that's what community is about. All right. That's what our faith has led us to to this point in our lives. Right. So um, we want to thank Father and uh, uh, Bishop and uh, guys, we will see you next week again. Same time. Next Saturday. Next yes, 10.30 AM. All right. All right. Bye okay, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye.